You're listening to Wordslinger Podcast, episode 138, Twitter for Authors with Jesper Schmidt. This episode of the Wordslinger Podcast is brought to you by draft to digital Convert your manuscript, distribute it online, and get support the whole way at drafttodigital.com. It's the Wordslinger Podcast, where story matters. Build your brand, write your book, redefine who you are. It's all about the story here. What's yours? Now, here's the guy who invented pants optional, Kevin Tomlinson, the word slinger. Word slinger. Hey, everybody, this is Kevin Tomlinson, the word slinger. And uh, I'm just, I'm kind of sitting here on a very chill. Uh, and I mean that literally <laughs> a very cold uh, Houston, Texas morning. It's been down in the uh, low twenties all week. Um, we've had, uh, and I know, I know, I know. I'm gonna get a thousand emails from people who are <laughs> dealing with like negative thousand degree weather. I get it, man. Places are colder elsewhere, but um, we uh, we don't deal deal with cold very well in Houston. We don't we don't see it that often. I can count on uh, one hand the number of times it's been under forty degrees in my area um, over the past ten years. And uh, I wouldn't get very far. Uh, I wouldn't get to very many fingers. <laughs> so, uh, but this past week, man, it's been it's been in the twenties all week. Um, currently, right now, it's actually in the uh, the sort of mid thirties. Uh, so warmer. So it's very it's practically balmy out there. Um, so I am uh, <clears throat> real happy about today's guest. Um, if you have struggled at all, struggled at all. Uh, not with speech the way I sometimes do, but with your social media strategy. Um, if you've been thinking about uh, maybe you need a social media strategy or maybe it just scares the hell out of you, um, this guy is going to be someone you're going to want to kind of pal around with. I'm talking to Jesper Schmidt. Um, now, if you want a challenge, uh, get your South Texas American tongue to say the word yespa when you see the word J E S P E R, uh, <laughs> and I'm sorry yespa, I'm uh, possible, <laughs> but I you know I'm going to confess to these things right up front so we know that uh, I struggled several times uh, with saying this name correctly. I am very sorry, uh, but I want to make sure I do because uh, this is a, this is a name to know. He he's the author of Twitter for Authors. Uh, he's also a fantasy and fiction author. So you're gonna you're gonna enjoy this interview and and I think get a lot out of it. Um, if you are, uh, the book, by the way, has released by now. We, we talk about it as an upcom- upcoming release, but as you may have guessed, I record these episodes in advance. So November 4th, uh, the book hit shelves <clears throat> and you can now go out and find your copy of, uh, Twitter for authors and, uh, and sort of lean in on, uh, using Twitter to, to help boost sales, uh, help boost your, uh, platform. All the important things that really matter, you know, social media um, is a—it's a great tool. I don't find—I don't personally—I have not personally found it to be such a fantastic tool for direct sales. Uh, here, but what I have found—this is my new method right now—is um, uh, it's a great way to to communicate with the people that uh, that will hopefully uh, start being your best sales advocates. <laughs> and we get into that a little bit in the show. Um, I'm not going to take up any more time. I, 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 my tendency, my, my habit is to try to fall into a, uh, uh, 
sort of a monologue here, but I uh, we'll we'll save that. I've got some great news. Uh, you're going to want to hear great news. I have some interesting news, uh, in, in, interesting indie publishing news. Um, so I picked you know three stories each week uh, to share with you. I got three good ones. I think you're going to be very interested in. So hang out, uh, stick around after the interview to get that and some other uh, housekeeping and uh, updates. Uh, and plus, maybe I'll monologue a little on the other side. <laughs> On the other side, I have a sure, I have a uh, social media story to share that I think you'll dig. So, um, take care. Enjoy this interview with Jesper yes- Schmidt. Sorry, Jesper. Enjoy this interview with yes- Jesper Schmidt. <laughs> Damn it! Uh, enjoy this interview, <laughs> and I'll see you on the other side with my head hung in shame. Hey, everybody. Uh, okay. Um, we're going to have a conversation today with somebody. I, I, I'm actually looking forward to this uh, on a couple of different levels. We're talking to Jesper Schmidt. He is the author of Twitter for Authors. He's also a fantasy fiction author. Uh, so uh, you're definitely going to want to check out his work. But in particular, because we are very much focused on uh, how uh, indies and uh, entrepreneurs can uh, up their business in any way possible, we're going to chat about Twitter. Uh, I'm very excited about this, Jesper. I'm, I'm, I use Twitter. Uh, I probably do it all wrong. Um, like everybody, uh, and I manage, you know, four or five different accounts at this point, including the draft to digital stuff. So I'm very curious to hear, you know, sort of your strategy on this. Uh, first of all, welcome to the show. Thanks for being on that. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. So, um, tell me, first of all, give me a little rundown of the book. You don't have to give us, by the way, the secret formula or anything. Uh, but I would, I would kind of like to talk about you know, sort of the benefits of Twitter for authors and and how we can uh, get a little more out of that platform. But tell me a little about the book. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, I guess basically where I'm coming from is that, um, you know, in in my day job, uh, I've been working with like optimization and, you know, ensuring results and all that sort of thing for many, many years. And, uh, and I guess I kind of started out where the rest of us starts out with, with Twitter. So I spent quite a lot of time on it. I was kind of getting nowhere um, for a long time. I think I started out in 2012. Mm-hmm. And it hasn't been maybe only the last maybe one and a half year that I kind of got a system together that actually works. Um, and so, so I guess there's a reason that many believe that uh, Twitter is completely useless as a tool for, <laughs> for, for authors. So, uh, so it, it also took me a lot of trial and error to get to the stage where, where I'm at now. Um, but I did manage to get to a stage where now basically I have kind of a system in place now that, uh, that is focusing on being generous and being helpful and basically mm-hmm. building relationships. Right. Um, because those kind of uh, buy my book tweets that you see on Twitter a hundred right. times a day. I mean, that's that is like throwing spaghetti against the wall and hope something sticks. It. I mean, it's not it's not working. Right. Um, so instead, now I, I basically I have a lot of engagement on Twitter. So I basically documented the whole thing in this book that you mentioned, and um, and then uh, uh, yeah, that that became the results of it. But. But at the core of it, there's no like secret sauce or secret secret that uh, that I know and nobody else knows. I mean, it, it is about being very methodical about how you approach it and then spend your time on the things that that brings you some value. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The uh, the trick. Uh, so Twitter is is one of those things that when it when it's when I first sort of hit the scene with social media, 
Twitter and Facebook were already the leaders. Um, and I gravitated toward Twitter because I liked sort of the pithy. I, I'm a I'm a wisecracking one-liner kind of guy, and, uh, <laughs> and that's what I was using Twitter for primarily at the time. Uh, but then when it came to uh, increased engagement, I started moving over to Facebook, and so now Twitter I essentially have on autopilot. I I respond to everything, and I I add new posts to a uh, to social jukebox, which I had uh, mm-hmm. the creator of that on uh, on the show a while back. Um, you know, and I'm continuously adding new content to that and letting it cycle. Uh, Twitter seems to be that place where you can let content repeat over and over again and nobody seems to mind because there's so much going on anyway. (laughs) So that's been, that's been my approach. Now you're free to tell me, um, that's the dumbest approach you've heard or, you know, you need to stop that, that right now and uh, start over or whatever. But, you know, is that kind of the idea is like you, you know, what's the best approach an author takes? find that audience and reach them yeah i think i mean before uh, before there are so many things we can touch upon here but before we get into any of it i mean i i think the most important thing you need to do is channel people onto your email list i mean this is not something new this is something we all heard a million times before but of course with Twitter, the question might be, so how do you really do that? Um, And how do you do it in, in an automated way that actually is effects, you know, that has a certain effectiveness to it. And also uh, how, uh, you know, (laughs) just the email or tweeting about saying, Hey, join my list here and get my newsletter. I mean, nobody cares about your newsletter. Uh, You need to make it something that those people who is going to join is something that they want to join to. And basically you, you have, in Twitter, you'll have like two two primary tools. So I have two tools that I use that work. So on, one of them we all know about. That's the pin tweet at the top. Mm-hmm. So you you tweet something, you you pin it uh, at the top, and then on that tweet you make sure that that is something that you're giving away. So that that could be anything from a free chapter to mm-hmm. um, uh, some kind of interviews to have you have, or in my case, I use some behind the scenes stuff from from my trilogy. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever it might be, but make sure that you that it is prime real estate on Twitter. So so make sure you use it and not pin some some general joke or something you thought was funny. That that's a bit of waste of uh, of, of good space there. I'm doing and, that all wrong, apparently. That's that. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other thing, where, because and there was a reason I didn't mention a free book there on the uh, pin tweet because there is a lot, a much more effective way of doing uh, or getting the most out of your free book. Um, I should probably say in general, I don't uh, prescribe to the idea of uh, having perma-free books uh, and stuff yeah. like. I really don't do that, but each to his own. But even if you have a perma-free book or you don't have it, doesn't really matter. But you take, in this case. On Twitter, even though I don't have a perma-free book, I do give my first book away simply right. because the first of all, the, the the volume of what you're getting is, of course, less than if you put it up uh, on perma-free on on sites like Amazon, etc. Right. But uh, if you go into the uh, marketing module of Twitter, so you're not going to spend any money here, but you're just going to fool Twitter to think that you are going to spend money. Okay. So, so you go into the whole Twitter marketing module and in there you will get access to something called Twitter cards. Okay. And Twitter cards is basically nothing exceptional other than it's just a type of tweet 
that has um, a more beautiful graphical look to it, basically. So when once you add a link in, or a link into that tweet, it will show as a picture instead, and you can click the whole picture, and it'll take you to where wherever you want it to go. Okay. And in there, of course, the audio media here is not the best to to <laughs> to explain how to do it. But in there, basically, you can set up this Twitter card, and uh, you link it to your account, and then. I use a uh, third-party software called Status Brew okay. to basically take that tweet and automatically send it to everybody who, who then follows me. So every time somebody follows me, they'll automatically get this tweet saying, hey, uh, thank you for your follow or something like that. Uh, click here to get my first book for free as a thank you. Okay. And then people click and they go over to a landing page I have and then on the back end of the landing page, book funnel is linked to that. So they just get the book automatically and I basically don't have to do anything. So all of it happens without any, uh, let's say hands-on manually for me. Okay. Uh, I like hand, I like manual. I mean, no, no, I'm sorry. I'm, I like automated. Yeah. <laughs> I do not like manual uh, at all. <laughs> so. No, exactly. I mean, that, that's the whole thing. I mean, my, my whole system here, I mean, I, I drive a lot of engagement here, so I, I, I get like um, almost half a million impressions per month and uh, mm -hmm. I get a lot of people replying to me. I get approximately 600 link clicks a month right. and out of those, half of them, about 300 people subscribe to my email list and, and mind you, all of that happens automatically right. um, and I, I can manage this whole system in less than 30 minutes a day. So it's, it is really manageable, but of course you have to leverage certain third-party tools to do so. I mean, you, you can't do it manually either. And to the extent possible, I have uh, used, only used free tools as far as I could. Yeah. But to drive you know, all the value out of what, what you can get here, then you have to use some paid tools. There, there is no way around it. But, uh, but in writing the Twitter for Authors book, I, I purposely made it so that uh, there, there are no like affiliate links in there or anything. And I did that on purpose because I didn't want it to show like I was trying to, uh, you know, tell people use this software because I was going to get some money from it. So right, right. It, I've only put them in there because I use them and because I feel that they are necessary and because I feel that they get you the most value for money and they do what they are supposed to do. Right. So that's, um, that's it. it is interesting, by the way, that you are... You, your approach is to focus on Twitter in, in an age where everybody's really looking at Facebook or Amazon, you know, uh, for ads. So what made you decide is Twitter sort of your primary tool? Or do you use the other tools or how do you do this? Uh, well, yeah, so I use, uh, I use Twitter obviously. And mm -hmm. then, uh, <laughs> I use Facebook for, for running Facebook ads, uh, because Facebook is just, uh, the best in the world for, for target audience and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So there's no way around that. Um, so I, I, I use that. And then as my third uh, element, I use uh, YouTube. So I okay. make um, weekly videos on YouTube. Um, but, but I, I think in general, I mean, you have to go with where, what you like to use. I mean, if you don't right. like, Twitter, for example, don't start using Twitter just because you heard some good tips here and, and then, right. and, uh, I mean, you, you'll get, you'll get bored of it and tired of it. If you do that, you, you have to like the platform before going in there. But if you like the platform, then there are really ways to, to really get something out of Twitter that I think most people don't get. Right. What, so real quick, man, how, how would someone find your, I didn't ask you this when I did the pre-interview stuff. So where would someone find your YouTube channel? 
How can they find you on that? Uh, so if you go to YouTube and, for example, if you just um, type in hashtag Fane of Fantasy, then you will find it. But it's it's not to do with Twitter marketing, that YouTube channel. That That's to do with uh, like fantasy-related stuff. So, But if anybody's listening and like fantasy-related stuff, then there's a lot of, lot of good videos every week there. Okay. Uh, right. Or you can just go to my Twitter feed. Uh, they'll, you'll pretty quickly pick up some uh, some links uh, directly over to uh, to YouTube from there. Okay, yeah, well, that's easy. Uh, and shocker, you referred everyone back to your Twitter feed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> you know, I'm, I, I am kind of fascinated by this because I, I, while I see some, I have a lot of engagement on Twitter, um, yeah. and I go back and forth with with people on Twitter, uh, but that seemed to be the only thing I was getting out of it. Like I don't, I, I don't think that if I were able, if I were even able to track uh, where my sales come from on that channel, I don't think I'm getting a, a ton, uh, because it's you know it's kind of a noisy channel. Uh, so what are some ways to kind of cut through that noise? Yeah, I mean, well, you, you said one of them first uh, yourself just before. I mean, of course, it is important always to reply to people. I mean, if people right. uh, tweet back at you, you have to reply to them. Uh, that right. goes without saying. Right. Um, and I mean, there, there are... Basically, I, I think I would say it in, in terms of there's a combination of two different tools I use here to, to basically, first of all, the thing is that you need to find the right people to engage with. So Twitter is filled with people. So there's like, a, it has like 1 billion unique visits every month and there's a 313 million active users on, on Twitter. So there's a lot of people and uh, it, it doesn't matter which ones you get a hold of. Right. Um, and for that, uh, I use a piece of software called Crowdfire. Okay. And uh, Crowdfire is uh, is basically a tool that you can kind of use to to follow and unfollow people and stuff like that. So it's basically pretty uh, basic in that sense. But what it does really, really great is that uh, it will uh, filter through people you have followed before, for example, so you don't start following the same pe person twice. It will also automatically do some of the groundwork for you in terms of removing people who it knows are spam accounts and stuff like that. So oh, it'll okay. filter that out for you. Um, and then the trick is that you need to copy followers from another account in the sense that what I would do in the, my case, for example, is I would find another fantasy author mm -hmm. and then I'll start to copy that person's followers out of the thinking that most of those people would probably be interested in, in fantasy. Okay. And once I start following them, then the kind of unspoken rule on Twitter is usually most people, if, if you are followed, you'll follow people back. Right. And then they'll do that. And then that's where my Twitter card from before kicks in. So the okay. first thing they will get is my tweet saying, hey, thank you for the following. Here's a fantasy book for you. Interesting. Yeah. Giving that they should be interested in fantasy, they they should be going ahead uh, and, and downloading my, uh, my free book there. And then I have them inside my email list and I can build the relationship from there. That's interesting. So it's almost like the Facebook uh, lookalike audience, but you're, you're going out and following them, hoping they'll return uh, and follow you. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, that is interesting. I is so, and I, I'm making notes of like the software you're mentioning. So the people listening, this will be in the mentions section of the show notes, uh, <laughs> complete with links. And you mentioned book funnel, uh, which, you know, Damon Courtney is a friend. Uh, 
he's been on the show, but he also lives about two miles away from me here in the Houston area. So we were at Nink uh, together last week. But uh, so you use BookFunnel to deliver your your freebie. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, always I always like to give Damon a shout out when I can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right. No, but it's a very, very good tool. I mean, and, and they take they as yeah as I think most of the listeners here, being authors, know the right. they have an excellent customer service and they take care of all that headache for us. So that that's perfect. Exactly, uh, that's very cool, man. Um, so, t- do you automate uh, your tweets at all, or is it all? How do you yeah. handle that that content? Yeah. So um, what I do is that uh, I'm using a piece of software called Social Oomph. Okay. Uh, and inside social oomph you can set up different queues so i have one for example for uh, for content like you mentioned yourself before so right. one queue is where i for example tweet my videos okay. uh, so and inside social oomph it, it allows you to set uh, a whole range of settings on each of your queues and each one of them can be different so you can sell it to okay how often should it tweet you mm-hmm. can even set like start and end dates and stuff like that that could be relevant for book launches for example where you want the tweets to stop so you just load it in there right. tell social loop on that date stop those promotional tweets and it will um, then I also have uh, some appearances, uh, or when I call appearances, uh, which would be things like this interview, for example. Right. So I would put stuff in there, and but uh, then that will go out lo- a lot less frequent. So only once in a while it'll tweet something uh, so that people don't, uh, let's say, are getting a, a, a link to a Wordslinger podcast every single day, and people That's might. Get, I'm good with yeah, that. You don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> but some might. <laughs> some might. Some might. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's um, cool. And then, of course, I also have. I do have my like kind of uh, not not directly buy my book uh, tweets, but I have you know some some promotional tweets in the sense that I it's usually like I take. Um, I use Canva, you know, to take right, uh, right. Uh, my book cover, and then I'll. I'll, I'll either put in some words onto the picture uh, from some some of the stuff that maybe uh, my beta readers have mentioned that they like these and these uh, words particular right. or, or sentences, then I'll put them on. Or it could be an extract of, of a review or something. Uh, and then a link to where people can get the book. So I'll put that into a separate queue. But again, that only goes out pretty rarely. So it'll be right. like once in every 20 tweets or something will be something about that. So it's only like once every 24 hours. So my whole system here basically will ensure that 18 automated tweets goes, goes out in every 24 hour cycle. One of them being a promotional tweet about, uh, buy my book without saying buy my book. Right. And two of them will be manual tweets that I once uh, every Saturday morning, I sit down and schedule the next weeks of tweets, but those will all be manual because then I'll try to hit, hit everything kind of uh, time sensitive in those tweets. So that could right. be something like how my writing is going or something that happened this week uh, in my life or whatever, you know, all the kind of time sensitive stuff I, I stick in there as the last two Every so one goes out every morning, one every evening. So in combine in combination, there's 20 tweets in every 24 hour cycle going okay. out there. Okay, um, that's good. That's a good number to know. I think I'm I'm doing many more than that uh, with my automated stuff. So uh, yeah. I may have to dial it back a little. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can always. Uh, 
tinker with how, I mean, there, there is no magic number for how often you should tweet and you can always kind of dial it up or dial it down to see if how right. it affects your, your analytics. I mean, you can, you can go into Twitter analytics and see how, how the effect of what you're doing if you want. Right. Um, but at least for me, I found that 20, tweet, 20 tweets every 24 hours works good for the uh, audience of uh, readers. And I would, I assume that that, probably would apply to most authors that uh, that 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 is often enough to cover the different time zones yeah but it's it's not let's say too too much so people get annoyed with it yeah um but maybe i should mention also that the night the other nice thing with social loom is that inside social loom you can when you put in your tweets there you can use uh, some different symbols like curly brackets stuff when you put them in and you can actually put three different variations of the same tweet in there Oh. And social oomph will automatically cycle bet between the different variations. Oh, so if you can imagine cool. your content queue, for example, is filled with 100 tweets yeah. and each of them have three variations. So that's 300 different kind of tweets that it'll cycle through. Right. And as it does so, uh, let's say the, the amount of time between one people seeing the same tweet until they see the same tweet again later on might be weeks or even months, depending on how much content you have in the queue. So, right. so people won't see the same tweet going out uh, or, or when they do, they can't even remember that they saw it before because right, it's been right. several weeks or maybe a month or more. Right, right. I kind of count on the uh, sort of soup of Twitter uh, to, to make sure people don't remember. <laughs> I, I do get, a, I get some folks who they follow me closely enough, I guess, that they see the same tweet every now and then they'll comment. Yeah. Um, yeah. So maybe I need to mix it up a little more. I, my, my plan for that was to just keep cramming more and more content in there so that there was always something different going. Yeah. Yeah, yeah of <laughs> course. I mean, if you have a queue big enough with a lot of content, then it probably doesn't matter. But, but, it's, yeah. but I, I just made it a habit that everything I add something to, to my content queue, I'll put in three variations and use those curly brackets and stuff so, so social oomph understands. That's kind of code to social oomph that it needs to cycle. Uh, so I just do that uh, by default now. So yeah, that uh, yeah. it's just a, uh, let's say, one more way of preventing people for probably noticing that there is a system in place. But, right, but at right. the end of the day, I mean, unless you want to spend hours on Twitter every day, then you have I to automate know. it. <laughs> that uh, People will know the same or see the same stuff. But yeah, yeah. there's no way around that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, so how do you feel about the, uh, the new, uh, uh, 280 character limit there? They're kind of rolling out. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm for it now, I'm, I'm just stick you, to what right? I have because yeah, yeah. I have everything automated for, for what it is already. So right. I don't know. I mean, it'll give you a bit more space, I guess, but, uh, that yeah. doesn't always, that doesn't always equate to good news really. I mean, you know, no. more space to talk. Uh, you just have more opportunities to stick your foot in your mouth. That sort of thing. <laughs> <True>. <laughs> so yeah, uh, that's cool, man. I, um, so what are some like downsides to, uh, using Twitter? I mean, it, surely you have maybe some horror stories or something that's gone terribly wrong <laughs> <laughs> that we can uh, avoid. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the, the big downside is of course what I did the first couple of years. I mean, that you, it's a time suck. I mean, it you, is, you can yeah. spend so much time on Twitter and, and basically get nothing in return of your efforts. And then I also have to say, I mean, of course, Twitter is not going to re revolutionize your book sales all of a sudden. I mean, it, it's, it is, it is a tool of building relationship with people. And for that, it is 
it is really a powerhouse for one-to-one relationship building because you communicate with people in a completely different manner. Right. And of course, the good thing is that you don't have to pay for people to see your own post like on Facebook. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's pretty nice. Um, and also in terms of driving traffic somewhere else, Twitter is extremely good at that. Right. Um, but but uh, yeah, as we said in the beginning, you have to you have to like it. Uh, so otherwise, you, you it is it's going to be a time suck, and you know don't bother trying to follow along in your Twitter feed to see what people tweet about. You know, I have I think about forty thousand followers now, so just you know forget about it. You you can't follow it. Uh, right. But what you can do is, of course, every time Twitter notifies you that somebody tweeted at you, make sure you reply those uh, when they write to you specifically, and. Um, and then, of course, you can set up lists if you want and divide people into different lists if there are certain people you do always want to see their tweets. So you can visit that list uh, once a week or once a day or whatever yeah. you feel like. Yeah, that's interesting. I never use the lists. I, I don't know why. No. <laughs> I, I kind of forgot they existed, actually. <laughs> uh, and then, I know that was big when they first released it. I, I you know, I every other day I got a message saying I was added to some list or another. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. So now I'm used to list in reverse, to be honest, I, I use it as a tool because uh, I don't really add people to the, uh, you know, well, okay, let me put it like this. I do add people to the list. And once a week when I sit down on the Saturday morning to schedule my tweets, I do go through my list to see if somebody of those people actually added something interest that I want to comment or something. But other than that, th- because as you said, once people add you to a list, they will be, told or you will get a message back the name of that list yeah. and i i use that as as my to my advantage so i have only one list and i call it call it awesome people oh, okay. so when i start seeing because you will after a while you'll start seeing the same names commenting or retweeting right. your stuff and stuff like you'll, you'll start recognizing people and when i start yeah. recognizing people i just go in and add them to the list and then they'll get this message that you've just been added to the awesome people list, yeah. which it's pretty nice, you know. So yeah, it's yeah, kind of yeah, worth yeah. working in I'm reverse. A, in the sense I'm that on that the, list, right? Yeah. I'm on there, right? I'm on. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I have to go and check. <laughs> nah, no, 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 it's too late now. It's too late. <laughs> I didn't even make the list, man. All right. Uh, so uh, you're, you're probably not retweeting my stuff enough. Then, then you would make the list. <laughs> that's probably true. Yeah, that's probably true. Uh, you're the thing. Okay. So, are there some don'ts that we need to keep in mind, like uh, as we as we do this? Is there like definite things we should avoid doing as we're uh, marketing? I know there's you know don't don't go out there and and say buy my book every other tweet. Yeah. Or, or possibly even one tweet, but uh, you know, anything else like that that we need to avoid? Yeah. So I have a, besides the don't the buy my book tweet that you want to avoid. And I have two other things that I follow and I advocate the same in, in, in my book. Uh, and one of them is just make it a habit. Never ever to tweet when you are drunk or even tipsy, you know, forget it. You will, re- you will when, regret when it. When will I tweet? When will I tweet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you need to get off to it. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> uh, yes. No, right. so, so that's for sure one rule. Don't, I would say don't, do not do that. Um, okay. And then the other thing is that I try to steer far away from anything to do with like commenting on politics or right. religions or anything that might like divide my following in, in half. So some will right. like it and some will hate it. I, I just don't see any reason for it. And I don't see how 
it would link to an author brand and I, I just don't see the benefit of it and the only right. thing you can do is risk losing something right. and there's nothing really to be gained from it so um, so that's the other thing I, I say stay away from stuff like that right yeah all right yeah that's uh, those seem like common sense rules that I break every single day <laughs> 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 I try not to I try not to get involved I try not to say anything um, political or otherwise uh but you know you get you get drawn into it i mean i do see authors big name authors john scalzi for example uh yeah. and rice you know some some big name authors out there who are um you know t commenting on this stuff mm. um and they get a lot of engagement in that. but you know of course john scalzi is like depending on who you are he's like one of the most hated sci-fi writers on the planet <laughs> so maybe he's not a good example to follow you know <laughs> i like the guy by the way i've met him a few times he's a good guy uh, he's, yeah. but he has no, some but the, opinions. there is some branding stuff going on in this conversation as well right. i mean because um i think i saw at some point jk rowling was commenting on some politics politics stuff as well i mean i mean but, but there's some branding stuff if, if it is part of your brand then of course go for it but but i'm i'm just let's say talking from a position of if you're like the average uh, you know um fiction writer and you don't really have any way of your author brand or reason for your author brand to engage in politics or you don't have let's say non-fiction books that links to some of it in some way or another right uh, i still just don't don't think that there, that is a good idea but uh it's nah, to he know, his own of course but uh, i wouldn't do it right now me neither i i think i think that's the wise choice no matter what you're writing about and i know now i'm a thriller author maybe you know there there could be a case made that thriller authors should probably comment on the world stage, uh, but it doesn't usually end well, and it's usually not—it's usually not tied in with your fiction anyway. So why bother? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that becomes yeah, but the conversation, right? It becomes the ongoing conversation. I actually find that yeah. I get annoyed with—I um, follow quite a few uh, people, uh, a lot of Marvel comics writers, for example, uh, many of whom are very political in, uh, in what they post. And it does kind of make me want to not to tune them out. So maybe, uh, you're onto something there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But, I mean, the bottom line, I guess, is is what kind of messages do you want your Twitter feed to be filled with? Right. What kind of engagement do you want to spend your time on? Do you, do you want to argue politics with somebody who, who doesn't really care about your work or your books anyway? Right. Or do you want to fill your Twitter, Twitter feed with, with tweets where people can see that you're engaging with readers and having uh, helpful conversations? As I said in the beginning, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm focusing my tweets on being helpful uh, and being inspirational and stuff like that. So I, I share things, for example, from my YouTube channel with fantasy videos where I share things to my fantasy audience about uh, stuff that they will find helpful and inspirational and stuff like that. So right. that's the stuff I want to, I want people to see in my feed when they come to my profile the first time and not, not half filled with the arguments with somebody about some political situation somewhere right. that, I mean, right. where, what am I going to gain from that? Right. 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 So give, okay. Give me a typical tweet. Give me, give me something that you would typically roll out. Yeah. Okay. No, so I, I, I have to apologize because I told you right up front, I wasn't going to yeah. Ask any gotcha questions, and then <laughs> I put you right on the spot. You, if you don't have something ready, don't worry about it. But I was just trying to see if you had like a typical Tuesday at one thirty in the afternoon tweet. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, don't worry. Yeah, I so it, it well, so it depends on where it comes from. So of course, some of my tweets will come from social oomph, as I said before. Okay. So some of them will be stuff like uh, uh, one of them, for example, that goes out is uh, like so. Don't um, don't believe that life at medieval castles was that glamorous. And then they link to the YouTube video where I kind of explain how to work uh, medieval castles in your fantasy settings. Uh, so that's- Oh, okay. All right. Um, and one of my manual tweets uh, from today, for example, was that I tweeted out that uh, if all goes well, I should be done with the first draft of, of, uh, of the final book in the trilogy by the end of this week. Uh, so that's just simple stuff like that as well. Right, and right, right. You make so, use of relevant hashtags as well because that drives more attention as well. I think you suffer from the same, uh, I'm not gonna call this a problem. It's not a problem, it's more of a, a challenge. Um, the same challenge that I have in that I have a split audience, right? I have yeah. my, um, I have my, my readers, right? Yeah. And then I have the authors that I, that I work with and talk to through Wordslinger, yeah. through draft to digital through all that. Um, do you have any, now I've recently started splitting out. I split out the Wordslinger stuff, but I still quote it because my Wordslinger audience, if they were following me at all, they're following me on, you know, Kevin Tomlinson. Yeah. Uh, so I'm still kind of repeating. I, I picked up the RSS feed for the tweets from Wordslinger podcast and I'm repeating those. Yeah, because I don't want to lose the audience. But uh, uh, do you have advice on like, you know, how would we sort of s split our personas? Like I'm and I'm managing like five different Twitter feeds right now. <laughs> and thank God for uh, TweetDeck. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, do you use tools like that? Do you do multiple accounts? I mean. No, I mean, that. Okay. I mean, you're absolutely right in the sense that the ideal situation would be to split your, like, say, nonfiction. For example, this Twitter for Authors book. Right. Uh, I, that will go into my Twitter feed, and people who are fans of fantasy could, probably couldn't care less. Right. And then there will be another part of the audience on Twitter who are also authors, and hopefully they will care. But ideally, you you should really, you know, split them apart. Yeah, um, just, just like a mailing list. It becomes a it becomes a time management problem, really. I right. mean, do you have the time to do that? Then great. Um, I don't. So uh, right. for me, it's important to be able to manage the whole Twitter stuff in 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 the less than thirty minutes a day. So that's that's I have to keep them together, which might not be ideal, but yeah. But I still believe that there is some something for everybody going out. So maybe they just have to ignore one or twice of the tweets once in a while. But maybe so. Okay. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I'm really, I'm really kind of struggling with that right now. I think, I think it is a lot like your mailing list. You know, you want to segment your yeah. list. If you're a nonfiction yeah. writer as well as a fiction writer, you want to make sure that you're communicating the right message to the right audience. I didn't do that yes. to start. You know, I'm guessing you probably didn't either. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so now I have a mixed list. Well, it's the same problem with uh, you're also bots on Amazon, right? Like, yes. I don't necessarily want authors. I love my authors right? Love them. But I don't necessarily want them going and buying my fiction, even though it would mean sales, because it's the also bots are all over the place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, someone's going to buy my latest thriller and they look in the also bots and there's a whole bunch of like Chris Fox's, uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> books for authors or whatever, not even his fiction. It's all like the books for authors. So um, yeah, so there's a dilemma there. But I guess that would be early on advice. Like if you haven't already gotten a jump on this, um, 
probably some good advice is segment early. If you if you're gonna have multiple audiences, keep them pure. That's a yeah. If if you if you can, I mean, I mean, the, the thing yeah. is that if you start segmenting it out and you have ways of splitting out your email list, you have ways of splitting out your social media, then you need to yeah. basically to do the same thing on Facebook, I guess. And yeah. I mean, yeah. but I, I think before you go there, you, you should probably sit down and have a good think about, do I have the time to do this? Right. Because what is probably worse than not splitting it out is to start, just start splitting it out and then figure out, oh, I don't have the time now, I want to combine it. Right. And that's probably even worse than splitting. Right. Um, Probably so. Yeah. So yeah, I, I don't. I yeah, I don't know. I haven't <laughs> done it because I know I don't have the time for it. But ideally, yeah, I'm, I'm working on it. <laughs> I've got you know, I split up. Uh, Wordslinger podcast has its own uh, Twitter feed now. Has its own YouTube channel, which I haven't started producing much for it yet. Um, has its you know, it's getting its own website. So I, I am I'm working on splitting all that out for that very reason. But there's a challenge there. So, but yeah. you're right. I mean, if I if I do that and it turns out to be too much work, I don't think it will though. I really don't. I mean, at this point I've been managing uh, a half a dozen uh, uh, Twitter feeds for so long at, at any given time, it might be between five and eight feeds depending on what I'm doing. You know, mm. uh, I've gotten pretty good at that in, in that I automate a lot of the posts, but I monitor and respond directly to any, anybody who tags us or tags me or, yeah. So every time, by the way, I'm. This is, we're gonna look behind the scenes. Uh, anytime someone tweets to draft to digital and gets a response, that's me. So yeah. uh, <laughs> for now. Um, anyway, all right, man. Well, uh, look, we're we're kind of coming up on it. I I don't want to keep you too long, and we're gonna we're gonna do our uh, our special uh, word slinger after show uh, for those who are supporting us on. Uh, I almost said I said some I almost said something wrong. Uh, <laughs> Patreon is what I was trying to get at. For those of you supporting us on Patreon, you'll, you're going to want to tune in. But for now, yes. But uh, tell us where they can find. Well, first of all, when does the book release? Fourth of November. Okay, so there's a there's a slight chance that this episode may go live after the release. We're going right. to try, we're going to try to see if we can fix that but um you'll be able to find that that's that book is called twitter for authors and that's yespa schmidt and that's j-e-s-p-e-r yespa um because you are from where are you from Denmark. finland uh because you are from finland and that's how you Denmark, pronounce yeah. it Den- Denmark. my wife is from finland, finland so that's okay. <laughs> i misheard you i misheard you all right your wife is from <laughs> finland and you're from denmark Yes. <laughs> and you guys just got uh, the whole, and this just means nothing to you, I'm sure. You got the Kobo Plus uh, deal going on there where you guys can uh, read uh, for like, I don't, know, I don't know what it is, like $10 a month or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. That's neither here nor there. It's just, a, it's just the random only fact I know about Denmark right now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So uh, they can, where can they find you online? Yeah, so if you want to see those videos, then you can check uh, Fane of Fantasy on YouTube, of course. And then my website is just my name, so www.jespersmith.com. Okay. Uh, and you will find the book there as well on Twitter for Authors if you're interested in that. Excellent. Uh, and, of course, they can follow you on Twitter. Um, yes. Which is you would which is just the reverse, so it's uh, <laughs> at Smith Jesper. So it's just my last name. For? Were there a lot of yes, yes with Smiths, Schmitz? Apparently so. I could, really? I couldn't, I couldn't take that. So uh, yeah, I had to do the reverse. That's shocking to me. 
That's yeah. shocking to me. Uh, <laughs> I, and by now, there may be a hundred Kevin Tomlinsons. I did manage to get, I try to nab Kevin Tomlinson on every platform uh, as soon as they emerge. So, all yeah. right. Okay. Well, uh, hey, yes, but you, you hang out. We're going to chat a little bit more. Everybody else, uh, right now, you're hearing some groovy bridge music that's going to take you into the, uh, into the break and into the uh, wrap up at the end of the show. Dance in place, if you will. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in. Yes, but thanks so much for being on the show, man. And uh, everybody else, we'll see you on the other side. Okay, here we are on the other side. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Jesper Schmidt. Uh, I did. I, um, you know, Twitter is one of those things. It's a t- social media in general. It's one of those things that I have a, a, a strange sort of relationship with. You might as well. Um, over time, uh, I've changed my attitude about uh all social media frankly um i've i've more or less withdrawn (laughs) i still interact i still um respond to anything anybody tags me in um i still post things i still post even opinions um but largely i i don't rise to the bait of uh debating people about things anymore which i don't think is helpful um and i used to sort of post my um, I, I guess tirades. I mean, although I tried not to tirade necessarily, but I would give my my opinion on uh, certain things, and uh, uh, there was an implication that if you didn't agree with me, you were a moron or idiot or whatever, and that eh, never did gel well with who I actually am. Uh, never felt right, and uh, always made me feel awful um, afterward. I've deleted posts in the past because they just went awry. Um, because I'm supposed to be a peacemaker in this world, right? So <laughs> if I'm saying things, even if I believe the things I'm saying uh, and feel passionately about them, if all I'm accomplishing with that is to stir up strife and get people angry and get people uh, frustrated uh, with nowhere to aim that, no motivation to uh, move forward and and do something with that, uh, something constructive with it, then then what's the point? That's not what we were discussing necessarily uh, in this interview. Um, it was focused on how to use Twitter uh, to sort of build and grow your author business. And um, I think that the principles can apply to uh, really any social media platform um, in general. So I had an interesting social media experience this morning just before I recorded this episode. Um, I won't name names here because uh, I don't I don't want to call anybody out. I don't have permission to use their name uh, in this capacity anyway. But um, someone, uh, I posted something about Donald Trump. Um, this is this irks me a little, but I, I always feel compelled to, to state up front that I'm not a Donald Trump supporter. <laughs> As if I have to justify what I'm going to say next, you know. Uh, but I had posted an article about um, the whole fake news awards, right? And I had not realized um, that there were so many retractions to stories about Trump that uh, I never heard about. Uh, And these were stories that were shaping some of my opinions about the man. Um, Now, here, let me make something clear. I I don't like Donald Trump as a person. Uh, I would, I respect him as a human being. I respect him as the president. Um, I would uh, never allow someone to, to harm him. Um, 
you know, uh, physically harm him or, or whatever, endanger him or his family or any of that. I mean, that, that I would afford him the same rights I would afford anybody. Um, but I don't particularly like him. And uh, I haven't since way back in the uh, apprentice days. I just never, I never liked the guy. I always thought he was a uh, kind of loud mouth. I didn't think he was a particularly good businessman. I got a lot of, I got a lot of negative opinions about him and his, his career. Uh, but I was willing to let everything, uh, live and let live <laughs> right up until he became the president of my country. Um, and since he's been president, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've really been ashamed of a lot of the things he's said on Twitter. I don't think he, he's, he's, he's sort of rude. He's uncouth. He's not a very good diplomat. Um, I don't think he's qualified to be president. Now, all that said, um, I do think that his presidency is actually doing some good things, uh, which it's just astounding to me that, that just saying that gets me labeled as a quote Trump supporter, which is about the same as being labeled as a quote rapist or racist. And I don't even fathom, uh, how people can make that kind of leap, whatever he may or may not have done. First of all, I don't think there's been. Uh, a great deal of proof uh, for some of the allegations. Some are blatantly proven, and uh, he should answer for those. But uh, there are other allegations that we have not proven that are just rumor that we act on, um, and I don't think that that's right. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't. And I, I also don't think it's right for news publications and uh, the media to print stories and run stories that are that are just intentionally false. Uh, in order to uh, pile on, as you, as it were, um, the guy is is kind of scummy enough without having to lie and add things on. Um, I very much believe in the principle of, um, you know, you'll know a tree by its fruit. That's a biblical principle. Uh, I think you do see uh, the words out of someone's mouth, the actions that that they perform, the things that they produce in the world, are much more proof of their character than, than, uh, you know, than any other, than any other indicator. And so, um, I don't need the media to tell me that the guy is not likable. I, he's already not likable. I don't need the media to lie to me. <laughs> I, I, and so I don't, I can no longer trust any of these news outlets, any, any of them. I, I won't pay attention to any of them. I mean, I, 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 and I would, advise you not to pay attention to any of them either. Uh, and the admonition that you could, that you should, um, look at multiple news sources before you formulate your opinion, I think is also sort of a false dichotomy because these sources are all biased and they're all supporting and corroborating each other. So anyway, <clears throat> the thing that happened had nothing to do with that. Uh, <laughs> had someone who did clearly did not read my post Hop on and call me and uh, forgive me for the language. He called me a shithead, uh, or no, shit for brains, and um, and uh, essentially was doing some verbal eye rolling. And when someone leapt to my defense, he tore her down too. Now, here's the thing. I, I almost tore into the guy myself. Like, that was my first instinct. But I recently reposted this story about Sarah Silverman, who was called the C-word on uh, by someone on her Twitter channel, and she went and looked into the guy, looked at his profile, found out he was in, he was suffering, he was in pain, and instead of tearing into him, she started talking to him like a human being, and even offered some kindness and support, 
and essentially turn that guy's life around. And so I decided I would do the same. And I found out that the guy um, attacking me, uh, you know, he's he's an author himself. Um, he's, you know, I don't know too much about him, but I know he's got a Wikipedia entry and he's got, uh, you know, he's got some history and background. And uh, I actually ordered one of his books because I'm intrigued by by him. Uh, and we, it turns out we share the same birthday. <laughs> Three decades apart, but we have the same birthday. So what I've decided is, wh- however this turns out, and I don't, really don't care how it turns out, um, I already know how I'm going to behave. I'm going to behave based on principle and value. <clears throat> and then uh, we'll just let the cards fall where they may. And my, my princ- and I'm going to fail at this. <clears throat> Pardon me. I'm going to fail at this from time to time. So I'm going on record here, uh, and you can hold me to it and point at it and say, look, you said you were going to do this, and uh, you're failing. Um, I'm perfectly fine with, with being told that I'd failed. Uh, I may get defensive, but I will, um, I'll think about what you say. Okay. Um, but I'm going to try to live my life this way from now on in that, uh, I'm no longer going to, I don't want to react to anger and outrage with more anger and outrage. Um, I've been commanded by, according to my faith to, to love others as I'd love myself, which implies I need to love myself. (laughs) But it also uh, flat out states I should love other people at least as much as I love myself. And I know what I would want and expect uh, from people. Most people are just looking for respect. And uh, I think this guy was too. And this may turn around and bite me in the butt and he may trash me. But I I reached out with a friend request and he accepted it. And uh, I'm just going to keep treating him like I treat every author I know. And I'm going to try to be better about how I treat every author I know and everyone else I know. Um, and if we disagree, I guess we disagree. Um, I, I just don't want to react to, uh, negativity with more negativity anymore. <laughs> so, um, other things that that's the sort of, uh, touchy feely side of the episode. Um, let's get into some actual industry news. Um, I got three, three cool stories. I think you're going to dig first. We have, uh, uh, this one, this one is astounding to me and I, I can't wait to hear what people think about this. Will Amazon offer a 50% royalty? If you published using Amazon's uh, Kindle Direct publishing service, you're probably aware that Amazon offers two royalty options, 35% if your book is priced uh, $2.99 and 70% if you're priced between $2.99 and $9.99. But this past week, Amazon snuck in a, a little surprise for everybody uh, <laughs> with a 50% royalty option. Um, now, this this thing wasn't clickable, and it disappeared just about as suddenly as it appeared. Uh, and as yet, no one knows what it might mean. And the rumor mill is just taking this and running with it. Uh, speculation is just running wild. The most common hope slash rumor <laughs> is that Amazon may start offering a 50% royalty for non-exclusive books and, and thus allowing authors to utilize services currently reserved only for exclusive works. So what do you think of this? Is this a, uh, is a non-exclusive KDP in our future? And would that, what would that mean? For indie authors, um, you'll find a link to this story in the show notes of this episode. So go, go check that out. But I would be curious if you are in a, in a position to leave a comment on this episode anywhere. Um, please do. I'd love to hear what your take is on this. 
Wattpad gets $51 million. Toronto-based Wattpad is a storytelling app, if you haven't heard of it already. It's a storytelling app that allows users to write and publish short stories, articles, and even books a chapter at a time for readers to enjoy, comment on, and upvote. The company has just gotten a pretty significant financial boost from investors and venture capitalists to the tune of $51 million, bringing Wattpad's total funding to $117.8 million U.S. so far. The company will fold this cash infusion into... I, I just realized what I wrote there. The company will fold. The company will fold this cash infusion into improving its tech platform in an effort to, quote, empower diverse storytellers all over the world, uh, helping them build a community of passionate readers. This according to CEO Alan Lau. Lau also said that an objective of the company was to connect Hollywood with stories that have a bigger audience appeal. What could this mean for indie authors? Uh, is this an opportunity to grab a movie deal, or will Wattpad be just another slush pile for studios to pick through? And again, I have another uh, link to this in the show notes of this episode, and I'm very curious to hear your opinion on this. Wattpad is a platform I have utilized lightly, we'll say. Um, <laughs> so <clears throat> I'd be curious to to see what happens as they start to improve the platform. Um, and if it's going to be a sort of clearinghouse for potential Hollywood scripts, it, well, the game changes. Uh, I'm very curious to see how that ends up. Could Amazon's same-day delivery disrupt book printing? John Conley, CEO of Borderland Advisors, has 42 years in the business, and he believes Amazon has a shot at redefining book printing as an industry, stating that Amazon's same-day delivery requirements will force a necessary change to the business. Offset printing isn't going anywhere, Conley insists, uh, but digital and on-demand are causing a building tsunami that will alter the DNA of the industry. Could this give indie publishers a strategic advantage? With authors regularly writing and publishing at an astoundingly rapid rate, will same-day delivery be the tool that tips the balance of power in publishing? Let me know what you think of that in the comments. My personal take on that, I think it will. I think that the fact that we have so many authors who are writing books in less than a month, uh, some of which are writing a book a week in, in just a ridiculous amount of time, uh, and with great tools like um, Vellum and Draft2Digital's uh, print-ready PDFs that you can do, use for free, um, you can actually have your book ready to go as soon as it's as soon as you are you know done. <laughs> Put the last period on it, close the book, it's done, and uh, spit that out as an ebook and a uh, print-ready PDF. You can actually uh, reach your audience a day later if you want. Now that's fantastic. Um, where I think this is going to be a game changer if it happens. I think, uh, now it is right now, it is just uh, sort of an opinion and speculation on the part of Connolly, but um, he, he does have 42 years in the business and he knows what he's talking about when it comes to book printing. So uh, I would love to see where it goes from here. <clears throat> That's it for the news this week. Um, if you had anything you would like to see me cover in the future, uh, pop on over to wordslingerpodcast.com, hit the contact button. You can send me news and uh, story updates, and uh, I'll, uh, I can use those on the air, and I'll give you a little mention. How about that? <laughs> um, if you'd like to support the Wordslinger podcast, uh, there's a few ways you can do that. We're sponsored in part, you heard at the beginning of this episode, 
We're sponsored in part by Draft to Digital. Uh, you can convert, publish, and distribute your books worldwide with support the whole way with a whole utility belt of free stuff that helps you uh, build and grow your author business. Check that out at drafttodigital.com slash wordslinger. Uh, and I get a little kickback off that. KDP Rocket. Take control, get more readers, increase your Kindle rankings with KDP Rocket. You can use this pretty versatile tool to uh, do some keyword research. It'll let you uh, fine-tune the, uh, the targeting for your uh, book when you release on Amazon uh, or elsewhere. You can use these same terms, these same keywords on uh, every other platform. If you hop into draft to digital and you... Uh, Use these same keywords. They will help you on other publishing platforms. They can also help with your Google AdSense and uh, keyword ranking. So uh, pop over and check it out. You can find that at bit.ly slash KDP Slinger. You can support this show by subscribing and sharing it. Um, actually, if you'll go on to, to, uh, to uh, iTunes, search for Word Slinger Podcast and leave me a review. Uh, do like a four or five star review uh, sort of ranking and uh, write up a quick little you know just tell me in a sentence or two what you get out of the show how much you enjoy it if you if you enjoy it I hope you enjoy it if you don't enjoy it you don't have to leave a review but, but whatever uh, it's a free world and a free country um, but if you can pop over there those reviews really help out so I appreciate uh, every time you do that it actually helps with the uh, discoverability of the show uh, so just like authors, you know, podcasters have to, you know, reach an audience. We got to get out there and find new blood every now and then. So if you are willing to do that and uh, share the show with your fellow uh, authors and entrepreneurs and anybody you care about that might get something useful out of the programming here, uh, I appreciate it. Uh, you can support the show on Patreon. And hey, I finally did it. I have updated Patreon. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's still got a little way to go, but I've, I've done some major updating on the uh, Patreon page. Um, still working on the uh, tiers and that sort of thing, but I do have a new video and I do have a new description there and new logos and a whole bunch of new stuff and a nifty new address. If you go to patreon.com slash wordslinger podcast, you can, uh, you can hop in there and Every dime you send my way each month goes to the production and overhead of the show. Uh, I use it to pay for hosting. I use it to pay for um, new equipment. Um, I use it to uh, buy myself some coffee and lunch and things like that that keep me alive and happy and productive. Uh, so all those things, they matter, uh, and I'm very appreciative. Uh, so your dollars do not go to waste. I, I, every, every dime I get from that, it gets folded back into the show. Uh, in one way or another. Uh, and yeah, I do buy occasional cups of coffee, okay? <laughs> and nachos. Uh, nachos is the theme of the week. Uh, thanks to uh, uh, Ernest Dempsey, uh, <laughs> who mentioned that nachos were his favorite food on a recent podcast. <laughs> so, um, But check that out. Uh, I also like nachos. Uh, and of course, if you really want to be uh, a pal... Uh, and a supporter of me and my work, go check out my, my books. You can go to kevintumlinson.com slash books where you can find all my latest stuff and um, my entire back catalog. Um, if you are interested, I have a new book coming out, a new Dan Kotler archaeological thriller, The Girl in the Mayan Tomb. Uh, you'll be able to pick that up right now. It's on pre-order through January 26th for only two ninety nine. 
and then uh, as of as of January 26th, it's popping up to 4.99. So, good chance to save a couple of bucks and uh, jump into this series. I I, I think you're going to enjoy it. Um, I've had very positive feedback on this book uh, specifically, but also in uh, the entire series. Just gets uh, an overwhelming number of positive reviews. Um, so. I, uh, I, I'm very proud of the characters. I'm very proud of the universe there. And I'm enjoying writing those. Uh, so I'm, I won't be quitting anytime soon. So <laughs> pop in for an archaeological thriller. Or there's also my sci-fi, YA, fantasy, all kinds of stuff uh, that you'll be able to enjoy at kevintumlinson.com slash books. You can also pick up a uh, free book if you go to kevintumlinson.com slash join me where uh, you can download a, a free book to get you started. Uh, so I hope you enjoy that. Take care of yourselves. I'm glad that you uh, tuned in. I hope you're out there staying warm right now. God bless each of you, and I'll see you all next time.